Welcome to the Pharmacy Quality Solutions Quality Corner Show with your hosts, Jesse McCullough and Nick Dorch. We will talk quality of healthcare and explore what that actually means. Let's dig into performance measurements, the equip platform, and maybe de-stress and divert from the pharmacy conversation with occasional talk about nerdy passions and hobbies. Without further ado, here's Jesse and Nick. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pharmacy Quality Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse McCullough, and with me today, I have Nick Dorich. Nick, how are you doing, sir? Hey, Jesse, I'm doing very well today in the true nature of quality improvement, doing better today than I did yesterday. Hey, you can't ask for much more than that, can you? As long as you can have uh, today be better than yesterday and tomorrow better than today, that's, uh, that's really the goal. Absolutely. Nick, I want to thank you for uh, making time uh, today to, uh, to, to join us. We have an interesting topic that uh, I really want to be able to pick your brain on today, uh, and it's around this whole idea of performance measures, how they're created, how they're maintained, what's all the ins and outs with performance measures, and you are the guy to answer those questions, sir. All right. I've, I will be trying my best here to go through it. I know uh, I've had certainly some experience in that. You've been involved with the process as well. And, and, and actually, there's a lot of pharmacists that have been involved with the process in some way, shape, or form. So uh, hopefully, we're not the only source of information that people can get uh, for these kind of details, but we're going to hope to provide some good guidance uh, for our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've, I've been playing around in this space I, I really should have uh, taken better inventory whenever I started, but I think I go back now to about 2008. Uh, and uh, just as I started to learn more about, uh, at the time I learned that they were quality measures, but I think over time I've come to, to recognize them more as, as performance measures. And uh, there's been a lot that's happened in the last decade plus. So uh, uh, Nick, can you maybe just give an overview? Where, where do these measures come from? Yeah, so quality measures, uh, and their use in healthcare, it's not just one group that's setting or determining quality measures or um, how they're going to be used, who that, who's going to be using using them. There are uh, a large number of quality measures. And, and Jesse, let's see if you can take a guess. Uh, do you know how many quality measures are, are, are used in healthcare? Nick, I'll tell you, it's been a while since I heard a number on this. But I'm wanting to say the last time I heard a number on it, it was more than 1,800. Yeah, that's about that's about right. Now, depending upon where you're going and what exactly you're considering for healthcare quality measures, we're looking at probably over 2,000 that are that are in use. Now, this is across different types of practices, different types of providers, measures that are for health plans, measures that are for particular systems, and or uh, it could be things like measures that are for particular providers or specific practitioners. So um, it, it is one thing to me, and I think going back a couple of years ago, I was at an American Pharmacist Association meeting, and as a group of physicians talking to a room of pharmacists about quality measures. And this was, I think, maybe 2016, 2017 quality measures, still pretty new to pharmacy, and it was really tracking three adherence measures and maybe high-risk medication people are still learning the curve right on four quality measures. So when you've got a physician that says that their uh, institution is tracking more than 800 measures individually, um, you saw some jaws drop at, 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 that, at that mention because that's something where in pharmacy, um, that's something that we're not exposed to, or, or rather, we're not exposed to that yet. But as pharmacists become more involved, more engaged with the larger healthcare system and with payers, there's only going to be more and more quality measures that we have to understand and where we have to show that we can uh, 
uh, promote our value and improve patient care outcomes. Yeah, it's amazing when you look at all the different measures that are out there. Um, now, Nick, wh where are the more common sources? And, and perhaps, uh, or where maybe the easier way to say this is, uh, where are the more prominent sources of measures for pharmacy? Where do they come from? And, uh, you know, maybe some different insights you might be able to share about that. Yeah, so there's really one organization um, that would be specifically, or I think kind of has some intentions and interests or have in having measures related to medication use and that pharmacists are specifically able to impact those measures. And that is the, the Pharmacy Quality Alliance or PQA. That is a group that was, um, that was founded um, back after Medicare Part D and its uh, implementation being a public-private partnership specifically uh, designed to uh, introduce measures to the market uh, related to medication use and improving quality for medication use. So that's improving the, uh, the value, improving the outcomes for the care we're providing and reducing costs. So PQA is really the biggest group that's in that area, but there are other groups that may have different quality measures that pharmacists can impact. One group that comes to mind for me uh, in this regard would be NCQA, National Committee on Quality Assurance. They've got a number of measures for, uh, for health plans, for providers, and for other groups. They have a, a large number of measures that are specifically used in the Part C measures for Medicare. And while they're not specifically identifying pharmacists, there's a large number of measures that they host that pharmacists can certainly impact based on the services that they're able to provide and how that they're able to improve medication use. So there's one organization that is very much dedicated to uh, performance measures for pharmacy, and that's PQA. And I think it's also just uh, really neat to consider that you have all these other organizations. And, you know, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, as I learned more about these measures, I decided that I needed to, to make performance measures for my household. Uh, and uh, you, you can laugh at me if you will, but I was, I was very much trying to get implemented a performance measure on my kids going to bed on time. Uh, now, that one didn't get a whole lot of traction, uh, but um, I, 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 I use that as a bit of a segue, and I want to call back to a couple of numbers that we've thrown around uh, in our time here already. So uh, we've established that there's uh, quite possibly 2,000 plus different performance measures in healthcare. Um, you know, you had your story of the uh, physicians and uh, tracking 800 measures. Uh, we know of a uh, of a handful of measures that are in uh, that are in, in prominent use in pharmacy. Uh, those don't all add up, right? We 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 have uh, we we have a lot of measures that are not accounted for. So, Nick, if you don't mind, could you give some comment on how are the measures maintained? And then after that, then like, how do they ultimately get adopted into the marketplace? Yeah, so the, the question here is uh, essentially wanting to know what's behind the curtain from the Wizard of Oz, right? Uh, and, and that's where a lot of uh, practitioners, providers, um, health systems or organizations, they may suddenly see a quality measure appear in the marketplace and suddenly they have to be working through to achieve uh, performance results with that measure. Uh, but that's, that's, that's the uh, quick and dirty version of how that happens, right? There is absolutely a process that goes into it. And there are a couple uh, elements I think that are important um, to discuss at this point for the measures. Um, generally with these organizations that are developing quality measures, they are looking at clinical guidelines they are looking at items that are 
um, true needs for the healthcare system, either based on um, public health issues or, or crises. And an easy example that I can think of just in recent years is opioid use, where that's an area where the last um, you know five years, and probably much longer than that, uh, opioids have been one of the biggest topics, both within the healthcare sector, but also for the general public. And that's an area where uh, you know PQA as a group did not have measures, and that was an area where that was specifically highlighted a few years back, where they needed to develop opioid-related measures that could be used. Um, so these measures, they come based on clinical guidelines, based on where measures are needed um, to improve the healthcare system. Um, and, and with the process, it's, again, it's not as if just one day a measure pops up. These measures go through a number of steps to identify what are the right topics to address, what are the right data sources that can be used for these measures? Um, how can they be evaluated? How can they be validated? How can they be um, consistently measured? And uh, another component that's especially important is, is there an opportunity to show performance improvement? Um, if you develop a measure and it turns out that all the groups are performing at 95% or better for this measure, is that really a quality uh, performance measure at that point? Or is that something else? Um, so there, there's a lot of different details that go into that that, that have to be taken into consideration before a measure is ultimately endorsed and brought to market. I tell you, that was something that had a huge impact on me when I learned that concept that, you know, you can have all these different measures, all these different measures can be created, they can be thrown out there. But what you really need to have is you need to have that, that variability and this, this is my word. I don't know if this is a real word, but uh, I, I would use the word improvability, right? So you can, you, you know, to your example, Nick, if you have a bunch of people that are all scoring at 95%, there's not variability amongst providers, but there really isn't a whole lot of improvability to that as well. And, uh, you know, those are a couple of things that make a good measure for the marketplace is being able to, uh, uh, to have that, to be able to look and see that there's some difference with the providers. Uh, and then there's also that opportunity to improve. And I think that actually can take us, uh, Nick, into talking about the, the lifespan of measures. So measures are created and they serve a purpose. And at some point they, you know, to your example, they get to 95%. You know, what, what does that look like? Yeah, process for, for a measure. And I can think through um, a couple of examples just during my time here at PQS where we've seen life, we, we've seen measures come into the market, be used and be cycle out. And I can think of some examples like, uh, you know, statin use and for patients with hypertension as an example use of high-risk medications in the elderly as another example where we see measures and for one reason or another, they become um, sunsetted. So I, I think um, to fully answer the question, Jesse, I, I think it's important to kind of talk about some of that measure process and whether it's a group like PQA or NCQA that is doing measure development um, and, and endorsement, they've got a number of different stakeholder engagement um, opportunities where they are looking for leaders and experts um, in the healthcare field to identify the topics, the measures, again, the data sources that are there. And it is a continuous process. If there's one thing I can say about quality improvement in healthcare is that it needs to be continuous. Um, and that absolutely holds true for the measures themselves. So if there are measures where uh, performance improvement is topping out or there isn't that variability amongst uh, performers, or if the clinical guidelines change, these are all items that are taken into account 
by the measure developers. Um, and then the other player, and, and Jesse, I don't really think we've mentioned this group specifically in the conversation yet, and it's a good point to introduce them into the conversation, um, is CMS, right? So Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services and their use of measures in the marketplace uh, for a variety of factors, um, they are ultimately going to be looking at the elements that provide the best care for, for patients and have a good correlation for um, positive patient outcomes. Um, so that's a group where, particularly within their programs like the STAR ratings, uh, as measures there, as they as they don't tend to show performance opportunities or as they may cause issues related to complaints either from patients or providers, there can be changes or requests there that come from those groups to say that, hey, we need to focus on issue X, Y, Z and less time on measure one, two, three. So there's a lot of components of it that can be changing the nature of which measures are focused on and how they're used in the marketplace. I wanna take us from here, Nick, um, because with all these measures that are out there, they're, they're not all used the same way. Uh, some of them are uh, uh, outcomes measures. Some of them, they're, they're, there's a whole different, uh, or there, there's a whole uh, spectrum, if you will, of, of, of different types of measures that are out there. So can you comment a little bit on that and perhaps some of the ones that we see a little more commonly used in pharmacy, at least right now, and then perhaps we can take that to where we see that going in the next several years? Yeah, so generally quality measures are broken into two different uh, types of groups, um, those being a process measure and an outcome measure. So the outcome measure, I'll start with that one because it's a little bit more uh, seamless to describe and explain what it is. And, and that is very strictly, does the patient, does the system, um, does it reach the desired effect based on a clinical measure? So this could be something such as a lab or a vital sign, um, you know, percent of patients with hemoglobin A1C under control. That's a great example of an outcome measure. Um, there are things like intermediate outcome measures, and this is where I think it starts to relate to most of the measures that pharmacy is seeing right now. Um, so example, the adherence or proportion of days covered measures. Um, the patient being adherent is not the clinical effect, right? Uh, I think we all believe that a patient taking the appropriate medication does lead to a desired clinical outcome, correct? But the patient simply taking a measure, um, that's, that's what's described as an intermediate outcome measure. Um, so not quite an outcome measure, but definitely not a process measure either. Uh, and, and then a process measure is very much based in that first word, the process. Uh, so that, that's going to be working with the providers or with the health systems. And are they taking the necessary steps? Are they kind of following a protocol? Are they using appropriate quality improvement techniques that, uh, that may be helping to reach that desired outcome? Um, and, and that's something I think is very important and, and very overlooked. While outcomes measures are often what are used in performance contracts in healthcare, process measures are meant to do and, and should be used more for in, an internal process uh, and an internal marker. But so you need, if you're not measuring yourself internally, it's going to be very hard to validate or understand how performance uh, is improving along the way. So I think that's I, I think that's fascinating, especially as you start to look at some of those process measures. Because I would suggest that in 
especially in the community pharmacy setting, we are very used to those pro the processes all around us, right? Uh, one of the ones that we're probably most uh, used to is how long does it take to fill a prescription, right? You have the average time to fill and some things like that. So I think those are some, uh, some, some neat things to understand. Now, as we go forward, um, you know, I, I think everybody, what everybody wants is we want to be able to drive the right outcome. Um, you know, I, I, I think that as, as the conversation moves into value, value is delivered when the appropriate outcome is delivered. So um, how do you see the measures evolving over the next several years? What do you see changing perhaps with the measure sets or the data points? Um, you know, do you have, have any, any uh, insights on that you can share with us? There's a couple of things that come to mind for me in particular. And... Uh, the first item is going to be just the, the data sets themselves. As more silos are broken down in healthcare and as pharmacists are able to engage with other data sets, other patient uh, data sets, uh, provider, health plan data sets there, that creates more opportunity. Um, it means more measures as well. And that part can't, we can't just gloss over that part of it um, because more, the more pharmacy becomes, the more pharmacists become involved with the larger healthcare system. Um, again, we already hit on some of those numbers, the number of measures that pharmacists are really familiar with and tied to right now, it's very small compared to the to the rest of the system. So if we as pharmacists want to be a bigger part of the healthcare team, um, we also have to be okay with being evaluated uh, or, or, or we also have to be okay with not necessarily being evaluated on the measures, but tying our services to uh, improvement opportunities with those measures. So that's certainly one part that comes to mind for me. Um, improvement in data sets always can have a change in terms of how measures are e evaluated. Uh, we hear it, and I know it was ingrained into me um, when I was going through pharmacy school, um, where if it's not documented, it never happened. So, you know, whether it's pharmacy dispensing systems or clinical tools, other items uh, that go into that, um, even today with a lot of the measures that we, that we do see that are relevant to pharmacy, um, there are components of those measures and there are items that probably could be considered um, that could help make those measures be uh, more astute in their use for the marketplace. So, and, and as it goes to some of these items, as I'm, and I'm, as I'm thinking going forward, uh, other topics where there's going to be more advancements with measures and, and how they're used in the marketplace, things like social determinants of health. Um, that's a very big, uh, not a buzzword, but I guess a buzz phrase in healthcare nowadays. And with uh, many of the measures, they don't have components there for social determinants of health. Now, whether a patient is taking their cholesterol medication every day whether it's a patient that um, has many uh, risk factors for, uh, you know, for some low health status or whether they don't, them taking their medication each day isn't going to make a difference for adherence, but can it make a difference for how that patient is being effectively managed? I think most people will acknowledge the answer to that is yes. So um, I do expect that changes in data sets and as more data becomes available, more data can be shared. That's going to have a huge impact on how quality measures are developed, measured, and maintained. And then as well, the other area being the social determinants of health and how those factors are taken into account. So for our listeners out there, especially the listeners that are uh, working in the community setting, um, you know, the backbone of the industry providing care day in and day out, where do you, or what advice would you give these folks on where do they have the best opportunity and the best leverage uh, to, 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 to be impacting these, these different measures, Nick? 
So the first thing that comes to mind for me is that, is that pharmacists, that providers uh, need to be understanding and involved with the process. Um, again, we kind of went through and did a little bit of a peek behind the, the Wizard of Oz curtain to see what goes into it. Um, and there are absolutely opportunities with different measure developers um, to be involved and engaged with the process. Some of them may require, um, you know, either individual or, uh, or group membership to be a part of that process. Um, but those will differ organization by organization. So, you know, I would absolutely recommend for, for pharmacists, the measures that you're seeing, um, that are being involved with the care that you are providing for patients or that may be involved with contracts, look and see where those measures are being developed and how you can be involved with the process, either it's, if it's in measure development, um, measure testing, um, and, and any other opportunities that are there. That would be my biggest recommendation. Yeah, I tell you, from, from my experience, one of the things that, um, that really helped me was just studying the measures. And as you get a better understanding of how the measures are calculated, that really helped. I mean, essentially, um, and we won't make any NFL jokes here, although somebody probably could. Um, when you understand the playbook, then you're able to execute the plays better. Right. You know, so when you understand, hey, this is how this measure is particularly scored, um, that allows you to be able to implement different strategies to be able to satisfy that measure. And, um, you know, I think that just, that becomes the next step. You know, we go from perhaps not having a, an awareness or a process around that to now we have an awareness, we get a process in place, and now we start to push that forward. So uh, with that, Nick. Thank you so much. Um, appreciate your time here today. Uh, I'm going to bring this podcast in for a landing. Um, I want to encourage those of you that are listening here today, I need you to do me a couple of favors. The first favor I need you to do is this. I want to encourage you to share this podcast with just two friends. And uh, the, the, the amazing thing about this is that if you share this podcast with two friends and they share this podcast with two friends, then we end up with a situation where we're able to get these messages out and uh, people are able to learn more about what's going on um, out here in the, uh, in the performance measurement uh, industry. I also want to encourage you this. If you have questions for us, um, we have a number of uh, experts on, on, the, uh, on the staff here at Pharmacy Quality Solutions. We'd love to be able to get them in here uh, and to be able to uh, have your questions answered. And for that, I want to encourage you to send us an email with the questions that you have. You can send us the email. Uh, you can send your email to info at pharmacyquality.com. Again, info at pharmacyquality.com. So uh, Nick and I will come together here every so often so that we can share our perspectives and our insights on what's happening in the performance measurement space. And we want to help you. We're all, we're all, we are only here to be able to help you. We want to help you be as effective as possible in how you're able to care for your patients. So until next time, we wish you well.